I'm Christine Dolan, and this is American Conversations. We are here today and delighted and honored to have Steve Johnson, who lives in Canada. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christine. I'm happy to be here with you. Well, you know, when you reached out, I, I thought to myself, you know, here's another angle to this whole COVID horror show that right. is very interesting because uh, we know that here in the States, AstraZeneca, there were clinical trials. We know that there was a manufacturing of AstraZeneca, but you received the AstraZeneca shot in Canada that came from the United States. So this AstraZeneca was in collaboration in the UK. I think it was with Oxford. Um, right. Yeah. And so, you know, here we have a situation where we have a drug manufactured on U.S. soil going to Canada and you ended up with being back injured with that shot. So let's let's walk this through. T tell the audience, you know, your life before you ever took COVID. Sure. Yeah. So I'm COVID shot. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was getting it was like getting COVID, right? Um, so yeah. So I'm I was um, uh, uh, before before I got the vaccine, I was um, I was 48. Um, I I was very active. Um, I'm I'm married. I have a I, I'm very happily married. I have a a son who I adore. I, I love like with with all my heart and my whole soul. Um, I was I was very active. I I I, I being Canada. I, I cross country skied like three times a week. I I um I I, I love to go biking. I loved hiking. Um, I work. Uh, I, I worked at a job that I uh, that I'm passionate about. I, I work. Uh, I work at a library here in the city, and I I, I really I like my job. I you know I, I liked uh, the work I did. Um, I also I also had a very vibrant uh, um, freelance writing career. Um, so I I did you know I in my my. Uh, my free time, I did a lot of uh, freelance writing to, uh, you know, at a at a fairly high level, I would say. So my I, I was, you know, I was I was, you know, I, I had the normal anxieties that had been built in about COVID, but I I had a wonderful life, basically. And you you are the you are the researchers that we journalists, you know, who are in the trade go to to get the correct information. That's it. Yeah. So to me, to me, working in a library, my whole reason of being is to give accurate and factual information to people. That's that's my business, right? Just like right. a farmer, a farmer's a farmer. I, I, you know, I'm, and I, you know, I took pride in the two things I took pride in was customer service and also giving factual information to people, right? So, yeah. So you're so you're living in Ottawa. I am, yes. Uh, so let, let's let's go back. Let's turn the clock back here a little bit. So in the United States, the rollout began for um, in December 2020. Right. And then there were a lot of people. There was the rush. There was a lot of in the legacy media. People were signing up to get their shots. What was going on in Canada at that point in time? Early 2021. So early 2021, what there was was there was um, there was a frustration, I would say, because like here too, 
um, or like in the U.S., like of course they did this the senior the oldest people first. Um, they did uh, healthcare workers, you know. Um, so those those people probably were taken care of probably in January 2021. But we were we were mostly just getting kind of little dribs and drabs of I think mostly Pfizer. There might have been a little bit of Moderna too, you know. And the real like there was. I would say I would say the biggest feeling was frustration, right? You know, because people wanted to get the shots in Canada. Um, not certainly not everyone, but I would say probably the 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 vast majority of people did. Like politi politically, definitely the wins were for um, get your vaccine. Like like, and the, there was public support for that too. Like, of course, there was. There was a, a significant minority that didn't. May, I don't know, maybe twenty percent. I, I don't have the exact numbers, of course, but it wasn't. I'd, I don't. What I would say, Christine, is I don't. I don't think it was quite as divided along political lines to a degree as it was in the states. It wasn't up here. It wasn't a liberal conservative debate as much. Like probably less. Probably a, to a degree less people. Who are a bit more right, uh, right of center, maybe weren't quite as excited to get it, but it, it was it was generally accepted within the populace in Canada to get to get a vaccine. I would say. All right. So so at that point in time, they were giving to the elderly. You know, February, March, uh, and then you received your, and, and then all of a sudden, AstraZeneca was sent to Canada as I understand it, from India and also from the United States. Yeah. So there, I believe there had initially been a shipment from India. And then in, um, not to get ahead of myself, but then in early, so in the political context was people were starting to get really frustrated with the, with the government, the liberal government led by, by Trudeau. They were getting really frustrated um, where's, where's our vaccine, right? Because, because by, by March, 2021, the U S had gone much deeper into their population with the vaccine than we had. And also too, in the UK, they'd gone much deeper too. So, and in Ontario cases were starting to rise again, right. And all the fear associated with that. So March, 2021, Biden came out and said, we're going to loan these AstraZeneca vaccines to Canada, 1.5 million to Canada. And I think it was 2.5 million to Mexico um, because as you know, they weren't, they weren't giving AstraZeneca in, uh, in the United States. So- You know, I'll, I'll tell you, Steve, we're double checking on that right now because I don't know anybody who's received AstraZeneca um, myself. Yeah, I've been asking around since you and I first spoke, and somebody did say to me the other day, "No, I, I think it was distributed in the United States." So we're going to follow up on that. Yeah, you're welcome to, but I can tell you right now, it, 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 I don't think a single dose had enough. Besides the trials, um, I don't think I don't think AstraZeneca even completed their total paperwork. Let's say for the um, the EUA, and it, I don't think it was ever approved for EUA in the U.S. All right, so so let's let's move along. So so, sure. so Biden says we're going to we're going to loan Trudeau and and the Canadians 
um, 1.5. Yeah. And so that arrived in April. I know. I, th I think that would have started to arrive in March, actually. And then, so then what there was, um, so this, this vaccine came into Canada and, you know, of course we started to hear the early um, rumblings about the blood clots with AstraZeneca. And then. And that was, that was coming out, that was coming out of Europe. That was coming out of mostly Europe. Yeah. Well, out of Europe. Yeah. The, the, because the UK had been much, much further along in their rollout with AstraZeneca than we had. Um, so it was just starting to come out about this, this blood clot issue. And then what was happening in Canada too, was there, there started to become a lot of um, unease about the AstraZeneca shot because they were, I'd have to get the date straight, but there had been a couple of different changes on the ages that it was approved for. Um, the, there was uh, like for a while, it was like only over 55. And then, you know, so they had, they were, the, the, and then of course too, the whole blood clot issue, um, you know, you had, you had people who would like show up to go get their vaccine and they'd find out it was AstraZeneca and you did have a number of people turning away and saying, no way am I going to take that stuff, basically. All right. So let's move up to, so by April, though, you took your shot on what day? Yeah. So really quick context. So April 19th, 2021, um, the province of Ontario, they lowered the age to um, 40 and up. They said anybody 40 and up can go get the shot because we were in a we were in a really peak wave of COVID and you know hospitalizations everything, so I went I went April twenty fifth twenty twenty one. Being not I wasn't excited to get AstraZeneca by any means, but I had really bought into the fear about the risks to me for COVID, and I thought I was quote unquote protecting myself and my family. So, yeah, I had my shot April 25th, 2021. Did your wife get a shot as well and your son? Uh, they both did, yeah, but they had they had Pfizer, actually. Okay. All yeah. right. And then what happened? Well, and then my life changed. Um, I woke up um, I woke up the next morning and I had I had tingling in my in my my hand and my foot. And at first, I thought, hmm, maybe, maybe that's just a, you know, a temporary side effect, you know, to the to the vaccine, or you know, I, I thought, okay, these COVID shots are a little funky or whatever, but this will go away in like, you know, this is going to go away in like the next, you know, seventy two hours or something. So I, I reported it to my family physician to. I think it was a nurse practitioner. And uh, I mean, she was, you know, she was very good. And my family physician was excellent. He he followed up, but he said, you know, because it was also new too, right? And there was no base of information for like these neurological issues, right? Per se. Were you ever, were, would you feel looking back now, Steve, that, that you received informed consent when you got your shot? No, 100% no. A thousand right. percent. And, and no. Where, where did you get your shot? I got it, it at a pharmacy, pharmacy a hospital, uh, a pharmacy. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so um, was it a pharmacy in a hospital or was it a, 
No, no, it was a, it was a it was a standalone pharmacy. Standalone yeah. pharmacy. All right. So, so you 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 have the tingling. You're talking to your doctor, the nurse practitioner, and and what are, did the symptoms expand? Well, yeah. So they were they were they were slow at first. Like I mostly it was localized to my 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 extremities my hand my it was it was more so my right hand and uh um or my right hand my right foot to start with and it wasn't and it was always always there in my in my foot but it was more a little tingling in my toes let's say right and i if i would go for a walk it would start to feel like normal again right um, was it like your foot was asleep? Um, yeah, that that kind of sensation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It, it's the weirdest feeling in the world. But basically, yeah, like like a tingling feeling almost. Like like maybe if you almost had like like it wasn't it wasn't painful, but almost as if you would have like pricked your finger a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I kept you know of course so. I, I I I kept reporting to my my uh, my family health team or whatever, and you know, like I said, it was also new that they were they were you know they were scared that maybe this is like the the blood clot thing, right? You know, because we don't know what you know we don't really know what it was. So they they recommended about maybe about a week week and a half later that I go to emergency um, here in Ottawa. So I did, I did go to the emergency department and I, I mentioned about the, 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 you know, had AstraZeneca and, um, and they checked me out and they they can, they said, no, no, you don't have a blood clot. But I said, well, I do have this tingling in my hand and my foot, you know, and it, it's, it's serious or, or, well, I I, I wouldn't say I said it was serious. I had concern about it, right. Because it was a new sensation for me. And they just kind of, you know, like poo-pooed it, I guess, you know, you could say. So they, so that, so did you return to the hospital over time? Did the, did the. Uh, Yeah. So what, what, yeah. So sort of what, like, like, um, kind of what, like, let's say April, May, June looked like for me, I, I, it, it started to migrate. Like it started to, um, it started to go up my arm a bit. The sensation, um, it would, it was like, it was more pronounced in my foot. It started to go over to my left foot too. Um, and like, I was, you know, I was finding like, I, you know, I, 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 I do work with the public a lot. So I do have a fairly physical job ultimately too, right? Like I can be like, you know, lifting books a lot or, you know, it wasn't, it's not just a stationary sit and, type on the computer all day like if there's a physical aspect too and i would i would find i would be i'd be doing my job and you know i like stuff that was normally very easy for a healthy person my age like my art my arm would start to get f- fatigued for instance you know l- quicker than normal right or like i went i i always remember man i went like i went fishing with my son you know and like for, for Father's Day and my arm, like my arm was tingling all on my right side, you know? So like, like I could do it, of course, but I still 
have that memory, right, of Father's Day 2021 of just being uncomfortable. So what what I ended up doing ultimately, Christine, I went I went to the um, ER room in in Ottawa, and I I um, in June, and I said like, look, this is migrating and this is getting like more pronounced, and I'm like really worried, you know. And uh, and um, the, at first, you know, I said, look, like. What a, and I'd already by then too, right? I'd, I'd started to network a little bit with a few other people who'd had AstraZeneca and were having, you know, more like more serious neurological issues like Guillain-Barre. And but I was totally naive. I didn't know. I thought, man, maybe I got, maybe I have Guillain-Barre or like I was fishing around, right? This is a whole right. new you're, world. You're, so what were they telling you at the hospital? Well, the hospital at first the the ER doc was, you know, I understand he's an ER doctor. He's not a neuromuscular specialist. And so at first he was a bit kind of dismissive, right? And I, I said, well, you know, it was a beautiful summer day in, 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 in Canada. And, you know, here, like, if you get nice weather in the summer, you, you do everything you can to get outside, right? Because we have 10 months of snow, right? And <laughs> two months of summer, we joke, right? So, so like I said to him, I said, okay, sir, like I could be at home with my family, like right now, going to the park or like going for a hike or whatever. Do you think I'd be in an ER ward on during a pandemic, like at, on a beautiful summer day? And it, it kind of made him switch a bit, you know, and, and, you know, he, he referred me, he referred me to a, a neurologist and um, did it take you a long time to get in to see the neurologist? No, it initially it didn't take too long. Like normally, normally wait times in Canada are pretty hideous, as you, I'm sure you've heard about. Um, like I have some friends up here who maybe didn't go the ER route. Maybe they've been waiting a year to see one, you know. Um, uh, let's, so let's move this ahead. So, so yeah. you went. So then you went to see the doctor. And what did what did he diagnose you with? Well, he's, he, well, he first said, he, he said, I believe you. And he said, you know, this is like, I've seen others with this too. And it, it normally goes away, like, let's say within six weeks, you know. So the doctor, the neurologist had seen, had he uh, seen other AstraZeneca? Um, I don't, he didn't specify per se by AstraZeneca. He had, he had more so specific like specified in general, the vaccines. He had All right, seen but, you, but at that point in time, you were well past six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I was past six weeks. He, he had, you know, and he had said, look, I'm, I'm sure that this will go away in time basically. So what know? happened after that? So I, I had seen him, I believe I saw him and I'd have to look exactly, but I saw him in June. Then I was, and I, I had, I had asked him, like quite directly, I said, look, do you think I should get another one or not? Right. Cause still, I mean, and this, this is on me, I guess, but still I had really bought into that. And, you know, and some people would say I was crazy and looking back, I was, but I bought so much into the fear narrative and I'd also bought in so much too about Astra or Pfizer being like the safe one, you know, I, I actually, I'd gone out in July and I took a second one the Pfizer vaccine. I took it 
um, July 7th, 2021. And that is, and at that point in time is when people were saying, if you needed a second, you can mix them. That exactly. Was, that was a narrative that was here in the United States. So they were playing that as well as in Canada at the time. Oh, yeah. And Who then was saying that was that the legacy media? Was that the prime minister's office? It was everyone. Yeah. So, so, so prime minister Trudeau had gone from saying he was going to get his second AstraZeneca shot before it was banned to, um, to saying, uh, to saying, you know, uh, Pfizer and Moderna are completely safe and effective for AstraZeneca too. Based on, you know, I, I, this part of it, I'm not as familiar with the story, but based on, a, I think, a very small sample size, whether or not the mixing and matching truly was, you know. And this this was against the advice of, let's say, Pfizer that said, no, if you have a Pfizer, you should get a second Pfizer, not a Moderna kind of thing. All right. So so I, I have to ask you, at what point was AstraZeneca banned? So what happened was... What month, what month are we talking about? Yeah. So in, in Canada, like similar to your state level, our provinces, they're, they're the ones who make like the health care, the, the government, the federal government provides the vaccine. So in Ontario, uh, pretty well across the country by like May 11th, it had been banned. And All right. So there was some acknowledgement that something was wrong with AstraZeneca a month after that you received it. Yeah. But the, the acknowledgement was primarily based around a, we were getting more doses of Pfizer and Moderna, mm-hmm. and and also two, um, we were um, uh, the 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 risk of blood clots had suddenly gone from uh, we were being told in like mid April one in a million to by uh, mid May um, uh, one in sixty thousand. So they, they said the risk-benefit analysis didn't equal out. And I, I want to point when out... When you say they, Steve, who are they in Canada that were saying that? Uh, the medical... The health, health officials or medical yeah, officials? The, the medical health authorities. So they, so, have, they knew, so they must have known at that point in time that people were injured and had blood clots. There were, there, were, there were already people who had died from blood clots. After taking the AstraZeneca? Yeah, 100% verified, yeah. All right. So, so uh, do you have a reporting system in Canada the way we, I mean, ours is inefficient. We all know this, it's under reporting, but do you have what we call our VAERA system in Canada? Yeah. So the way, the way that it works here is that it's reported by your family doctor who then, who then he reports it to the public health authority in, in our cities, towns, counties, districts, whatever. So so, So did your doctor report? Did he acknowledge that there could be a vax injury here and did he report it into the system? He did. Yeah. I, I want to say on record, my family doctor has been incredibly supportive. He's so been- did he, did he report uh, your injury before you took the second shot? Um, I, I'd have to look at the data again, but yes, I believe he did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you take the second shot of Pfizer and, and, that, and at that point in time, what happens? So basically, like months of like July, August, even early September, things things kind of kept on kind of the same. Like it was it was starting to go up my leg, you know. It was starting to um, like like more and more in my arms, like you know that kind of thing. And then by I would say by mid September, I 
like it it's like it exploded like i almost remember the day where it i started to get like this like head pressure that i've never felt before in my life like just like literally i'd almost kind of made my peace with god that you know if this is what god wants you know i didn't want to die but literally it 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 felt you know it, it wasn't a headache this is incredible pressure all over my head and then uh, when i woke up the next morning like like my my ears were ringing you know uh, tinnitus and then the other thing that it started up too which was the weirdest feeling in the world and unless you're vax injured it's very hard to understand this description but just this feeling of like an internal vibration like it it feels literally like you've got you know like when your cell phone rings in your pocket but you have that feeling like literally all over your whole body so by yeah i, I would say probably mid september i was starting to get you know this these weird symptoms and also too the 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 tingling and numbness had started to um get like more and more all over my body um yeah so i mean things things went probably about 2 3 months after the the pfizer shot i say things went really south on me so that's so that's in the fall did you ever get to the point where you were you you went into sort of an epileptic tremor situation uh, no so i have no i i had the internal vibrations and i've had i've i've had uh well i have today too but i i have um like skin twitching like skin fasciculations where like it looks like little and it's not my pulse but like it it's it's more centralized in my legs but literally you can see it in my neck my um my arms wherever it's like little pulsating sort of mm-hmm. things all over mm-hmm. my body i i have had to i've had you know i've had uh, this hasn't been widespread but i've had moments like where my like my my finger would be like tremoring like this if i put it on a like a surface you know it'd be like twitching like that um i've had i've had in the nighttime like like uh jerking of my like not it wasn't violent it wasn't like that but you know like i'd be sleeping in my or let's say awake and my my arm would just twitch like my you know like that So and I and Christine I've never had neurological symptoms in my life. Did the doctor diagnose you as, as having a vax injury of neurological? Uh, not no not the neurologist. He he wouldn't he wasn't really willing to connect that that Thoughts on that. So what have you been diagnosed with Steve? Um so we'll we'll have to backtrack a little bit but so um I've and i I've, i've been diagnosed with and i wholeheartedly disagree with this functional neurological disorder which is basically this is all in your head yeah that's yeah. that's what it means that that yeah. you know and they think that that is diagnosed but basically what they're saying yeah. to the people who yeah. are injured you know you you need an ssri yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and this is if i could go a little bit deeper into my or maybe we'll talk about it too but this is despite me reporting it to my family doctor right away and then uh i was ordered a skin biopsy that came back positive for small fiber neuropathy 
Um, and it, it's used, for instance, by the National Institute of Health in the U.S. It's, it's used by top neurologists all over the U.S., like creme de la creme. And I, so, and I paid out of pocket for it. It was seen, it was seen by the top expert here in the U S and, uh, I was, I was then told that it, it, uh, it, uh, often there's false positives for them. And that's, that's just not, it's not true. There's nowhere in the literature that supports that. And it's the primary, it's the primary diagnostic tool for small fiber neuropathy. So that's when the, alarm bells came on for me because it had gone from uh, uh, them ordering the skin biopsy and then saying, well, no, I've, I've spoken with colleagues and they said that it's not um, reliable. It's not reliable. Basically. So, yeah. so, so, so have you been diagnosed, have you been diagnosed with anything that where they say that it's connected to the, to the shots? Not by them. No, not, not directly by, uh, not by, not by the specialists because they're not willing to go there. Frankly, has Canada recognized the neurological, cardiovascular? They've so this, I mean, officially by by what would be comparable to our FDA here in the United States. I mean, yeah, so, have they yeah. have they acknowledged it or not? So they've what they've so for side effects. This is all you hear about for side effects in Canada. Pfizer, Moderna may cause myocarditis or pericarditis, but it's extremely rare and it's overwhelmingly mild. Uh, they, don't, they don't explain to you that when you get it, that there's really no healing if you're no, as no. heart specialist. No, 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 don't. And then AstraZeneca may cause um, uh, um, may cause blood clots, uh, rare instances of Guillain-Barre and uh, um, uh, CIDP, another neurological incident. But I, I also wanted to bring forward to Christine, in February of 2022, I had, I, I, um, I, I had a very specific blood work done from Germany that showed a very rare autoantibody called, not to get too technical, but called FGFR3, that's incredibly you rare. Have to, you have to you have to explain to the audience what that is. Yeah, assume okay. people know what that okay, is. Okay, I will. Yeah, so I won't get too far in the weeds, but I wanted to bring this out just to show how. So I had basically in in my mind, I had I had an autoimmune reaction the day after to my vaccine. Did you give that evidence to your doctor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did yeah. Did he acknowledge it, or did he say once again that the tests are not reliable? Well. He had said the test wasn't reliable because it was from I had done it on my own accord, and I should say I should say too in in pure in you know pure uh, um, uh, disclosure I had also done a blood work test from Washington University out of St Louis that tested for the same thing, and that one showed negative for this autoantibody, and I had done earlier. I had done this cell trend one, which is based out of Ger uh, Germany for autoantibodies, and they showed a very high rate of autoantibodies. So, what it's, uh, again, Steve, you have to explain to the to, to, what does that mean in your mind that you? So what that what that means in my mind is that this what I was talking about this FTFR three is associated with a cause of small fiber neuropathy. 
So basically in layman's terms, when I had the vaccine, it produced an autoimmune reaction where my body, instead of perhaps attacking the, you know, the, the cause, it started to attack the small fiber nerves on my skin. And that's what I've been living with. And the thing is, I've, I, I'm, I'm a part of, you know, many different groups of people vaccine injured. I've only met four other people around the world with this specific autoantibody, uh, FTFR3. And, and what all, kind of, let me ask you this, what kind of, which shots did they take? Um, they, they took one, one person I know had AstraZeneca from the UK and the other, the other three, uh, I know one for sure had Pfizer, it, some combination of Pfizer and Moderna. All right. So have you been able to get any, any help from any physician? No, you haven't. All not right. at all. No, not right. whatsoever. And I, I've had to give you, so just, just to sort of wrap up the bow here, these people who had this autoantibody in the U.S., they had, there's a treatment, a blood treatment product called IVIG that's used in the U.S. like pretty extensively and or some sort of version of an immunosuppressant drug. And I've talked to all three and all three have said they're significantly, significantly better, like like night and day better. We have heard that from, from Vax injured that, that they have taken the treatments of IVIG. I know in some instances, the insurance will not pay for it and that, that it's very expensive and it, it's not just a one shot, a one drip of, of the IVIG. IVIG. It's it's $10,000 a pop here in the yeah. States is what I was told. And pe some people have to take it three or four times and maybe several months later they'll take it. So, I mean, it's an expensive. Would your insurance pay for it in, the, uh, in Canada? Well, so as you know, what the problem here, um, Christine, is, you know, it's, it's all public health here. And I really feel where I'm hitting the wall is that in, in Canada, we have very specific protocols for what certain medicines are used for. And it would, it would really take um, a specialist to go a little bit outside his or her comfort zone in order to put it forward as a, as a treatment plan. But well, it's hard for them to put it forward as a treatment plan if they haven't acknowledged the the injuries themselves, and if they haven't acknowledged that these that certain treatment plans may do it. I mean, the the unintended consequence of this entire last three years is that people are now questioning the schedules for children, the required ones for the kids to get to school, and they're also questioning the entire medical complex internationally. I mean, yeah. that's that's you know, I don't think pharma or the uh, the hospitals wanted to create that, but that is what they have created because everybody's saying, well, how come people can get this treatment in one country, but they can't get the treatment in another country and it works. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a colossal disaster is what this is, and right. it, but it's, but it's, it's pulling the onion peels back and explaining to people just what, it, what a colossal disaster is because yeah. you can't have, it's just, it's just, it's remarkable to me that they didn't see this coming. Yeah, it's yeah. It's remarkable. And I know, you know, it's not, so I've been advocating for, you know, some form of treatment since at least August of 2021, because I could feel it 
progressively getting worse and worse, right? I, I know, like, who knows their body better than the person living inside their body, right? You know, so I've, I've been constantly advocating. And I've, you know, I've had, I've had remarks like, well, you know, if, if you got hit by a car the next day, would, would you blame it on the vaccine? Um, oh, that, that's, but you don't listen to that. You need to get some help and you need to be put in touch with some doctors who can help you. I know that there is a, a Canadian critical care alliance up there, similar to the one that we have down here in the United States. Um, yeah. I know that there's, there's, a, there's a big effort by, quote unquote, good physicians, good critical care doctors who are really trying to help the vaccine. They don't want anybody to be abandoned. Yeah. They are. Now, uh, in light of the fact that you're also a researcher, okay, and, and you do you do work with journalists, uh, you did some research about AstraZeneca. You looked at your vial, you looked at the paperwork, and you discovered that the AstraZeneca came from a Baltimore manufacturing plant. Right. Yeah. Uh, and just because we're running out of time here, so just briefly sure. tell us. What you found out about, the, I mean, because they had problems and that's that's where the, your vials came from. Yeah. So so to um, to highlight that. So when when the U.S. government gave these vials to Canada and Mexico, the first the first issue is they they didn't assure the uh, the safety. Basically, uh, basically, they said, here's these here's the vaccine. Use it your own risk kind of deal. This well, is what somebody decided on the Canadian somebody represented on the American side that these were safe and effective or they wouldn't have been shipped to Canada and somebody in Canada had to figure out and verify that they were meeting the standards and we know that the clinical trials and manufacturing standards have been blown out that that uh, specific manufacturing plant had problems because J&J &J were also producing there. Yeah. So what we don't know yet is the name of the people who said, yes, these are safe for the people in Canada. And we don't know at the other end in Canada what was represented to yeah. them that they said, we will give them to the public. So what, hap what happened to then? So in, uh, in April, early April 2021, there was an article that came out in the New York Times citing the fact that there was um, 15 million doses of uh, the J and J shot that had to be disposed of at to, that plant at, because at that that was manufactured at that plant in Baltimore. It, exactly at that plant in Baltimore, but then it, because it had been cross contaminated with um, with uh, AstraZeneca because they were both produced at the same factory, but then in in Canada we were we were still given assurances though that the AstraZeneca vaccines were. No problem. Don't no problem here, right? And uh, to me, that just defies logic, right? That if if you had a if you had a, a Stephen, what it it defines lack of informed consent. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Right? That 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 if 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 you can't have the right and the left hand saying two different things. No, no. So this story, like it barely made a ripple in the Canadian news. Like you had to, you would have had to be one of these people who was like researching vaccines day and night to have found this, you know, 
thing revealed, basically. And with someone who had taken the AstraZeneca with the intent to find out what was going on with their body. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then so just to speed ahead a little bit, um, this plant's been so bad that it, it's been the subject of uh, uh, FDA investigations. Um, there was even a congressional review led by the you know prominent Democrat James Clyburn. Um, it, uh, uh, you know, it, it was it's when the Democrats controlled the House, so it was done. It was basically a Democrat initiative to investigate the the fact. It wasn't that, fully investigated, Steve. No, no, it I can. It was not fully investigated. No, no, yeah, but there has been at least a preliminary investigation, and the point the point that I'm trying to make, Christine, is that. There's been 1.5 million doses of vaccine that it's impossible to truly vouch that it was 100% safe because that factory has had to dispose of over 525 million vials of, of doses thrown away in the garbage. That's J&J. Of J&J. And they also... They had also earlier had to dispose of AstraZeneca vaccines too for being unsafe. And what what I want I'm not I'm not making an allegation of this, but what I want to tie in though, this all was under the premise of extreme uh, public pressure on our government to have vaccines at that time, right? And there was not um, it it. There, it would it would have been a huge story, let's say, if it had fully come out the 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 full safety record at that factory, you know, at that moment in time, right? If they would have had to pull those doses off the market right in middle of April 2021, it, it would it would not have been a popular decision, right? So what when, I'm getting well, when was the first time that they started pulling them off the sh disposing of them at the plant? Uh, I'd had I'd I'd want to double check this to corroborate, but I believe January February of 2021 there was there was definitely doses of AstraZeneca that never made it to market because they had to throw away due to quality control issues. That is why the timeline in this is so very, very important. If they had to dispose of them in January 2021, why the hell were they shipping them overseas at the time? That's it, exactly. And just, just to go in a little bit deeper, uh, really quickly, so Canada Canada had assumed that the you, they had relied on a third party to verify the safety of the AstraZeneca production there, the European uh, the European uh, Medicine Agency. Well, the problem was the European Medicine Agency had only reviewed the um, Johnson & Johnson side of the factory. They had never reviewed the AstraZeneca side, production side. So basically, those vaccines were imported into Canada under a faulty premise. Well, they were they were imported uh, to Canada and they were shipped other to, to Mexico, and there needs to be a full investigation into this to uncover it. We're going to stay with the story on this, Steve. We're yeah, definitely going to stay with the story on this. And thank you for bringing it to to our attention. Is there anything else you want to say before we close out here? Well, yeah. I mean, first, thanks thanks for the opportunity, and you know, just you know to 
just today, like to show the impact on my life is like, I have, I have 24 hour discomfort all the time, Christine. I haven't, I haven't felt my right foot be normal since uh, April of 2021. I, I, I have pins and needles, like, you know, as I, as I talk to you, like I have numbness in my face. I have, I have like little skin fasciculations, like 24 seven. I, I'm, I haven't been able to work for like over, over almost coming up two years um, because of my injuries, basically. I, I, I have, you know, I, I love before this, I love to be active, be with my family. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm my, I'm, I've always been a very optimistic person, but frankly, my life's become a living hell. And, and this, and I, again, this, this is, this is all from primary sources I've researched. Uh, New York Times, Washington Post, political.com. It's all there. And it's, there's nothing is being done by the media here or political leaders to try and look nothing, at But nothing's being done here in the States also because yeah. no one's taking responsibility for this disaster. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to thank you too for giving me a platform to try and bring this story out and to try and, you know, talk about it. Steve, yeah. we're going to follow up with this. Yeah, thank you so much, Christine. And the investigation of, of, about you know how this all came—it's it's hard to do when people don't want to take responsibility um, for no. making a disastrous decision. But yeah. you know, there's clearly there is no way that the contamination story happened in January of 2021, and a shipment then went out to Mexico and to um, and to Canada. It's, yeah. it's uh, you know, and we will follow up on this. And I want to thank you very much for bringing this to our attention. Yeah, well, thank you for your time, Christine, and thanks thanks for doing the work you do too. Well, and and you know, I I hope you you know you reach out to those the Canadian uh, doctors up there too, the the clinical doctors. Uh, I will do something. You know, and I'll, I'll say really quickly, I'm not I'm not a political activist. I'm not a I'm not an AOC. I'm not a you know whatever. I I just want my family life back. I want to be at work. I want to be living the life I was more or less living beforehand. You know, that's all I want. I can I, I I fully agree that that and that is that's I've heard that over and over again from people who have come forward and done interviews with us. You know, who are vax injured. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Christine. Thank you, Steve. Come back anytime. Okay. Thank you.